Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 77 of the Membership Guys podcast. I'm your host, Mike Morrison, and this is the show for anyone interested in starting, running, or growing a successful membership website. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of time with me. As this episode goes out, it's actually between Christmas and New Year. And I don't know about you, it doesn't matter how much I plan to make use of the holiday period to do a little bit of business planning, to maybe take care of tasks that otherwise get neglected throughout the busier periods of the rest of the year. No matter how much my intentions are good to do all that kind of stuff, whenever I get to that period between Christmas and New Year, I just get into holiday mode where none of that stuff's going to happen. I don't want to pay too much attention. I don't want to pay too much effort to anything business related. I just want to kick back with a hot roaring fire on, watching junk Christmas movies and not really engaging my brain too much. So with that in mind, I didn't want to give you guys too much to think on for this episode. I didn't want to make it too heavy. So instead, I'm taking this opportunity to look back over 2016, which has been a fantastic year for the Membership Guys. We've had a lot of great stuff happening, both on the membershipguys.com as well as at Member Site Academy. And we've been blessed to see so many of our members and so many people in our community seeing success with their own membership plans too. And here on the podcast, we've had some great, great episodes and some great guests over the past 12 months. So in today's show, I wanted to look at highlights from the top 10 most popular episodes from 2016 here on the Membership Guys podcast. So it's nothing too strenuous, nothing too heavy, nothing you need to engage your brain with too much. Just kick back, relax and enjoy some of the golden nuggets from the 10 top episodes of this year. Starting in at number 10, our 10th most popular episode of 2016 is... It's none other than Mr. Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income. He joined us on the show back in episode 31 to talk about how to validate your idea. You know, this is something that so many people starting membership sites skip over. So Pat was very kind to join us right at the release of his book, Will It Fly? Which was a fantastic book on how to actually validate that your business idea is a one that's got legs. So Pat shared a whole load of advice and insight with us. And in this little clip from the episode, he talks about where you can start. So what's the first step or the most crucial starting point when it comes to actually determining whether you've got an idea that could go somewhere. Well, really what it comes down to is you want to get people to pay you for something up front. Um, that's the only way you would know if people will pay for it later. I mean, that's that's what Tim Ferriss said in the 4-Hour Workweek. The only way to truly validate, to t- truly know if somebody's going to pay you for something is to ask them p- to pay you for something. And yeah. it's kind of weird because initially you're like, what, you want people to pay for something that I haven't built yet? Um, but that happens all the time now. I mean, obviously events, you pay for an event before you go to it. But even beyond that, products from physical to digital, we're paying for a lot of these things up front now. For example, everything we purchase on Kickstarter, they're for ideas. They're for pe- people who are building stuff who haven't yet built that thing. But it's just, you know, the pledge that you that this thing's going to come out, you, you pay for the idea and then you're going to eventually get it later if they reach that pledge amount. And it's kind of the same thing what you're doing here. So for example, if you are doing a coaching thing, you know, the biggest way to, to validate that is just to go out there and see if you can get one customer, right? Yeah. Because then you know 
besides what some people, other people do is, is they, uh, you know, they'll, they'll build out their whole platform, you know, they'll work on, and I talk about this in the book, they'll work on their business cards and the website and the logo and like everything else first. And then they get it, try to ask to get a customer and yeah. then, and then they can't. And then, you know, you've wasted all that time doing all that fun stuff. And it is fun stuff to create your logo and build your brand, but you, you have no right. I mean, I guess you do, but you're doing it in the wrong order. You want to get the yeah. business first before you have all that other stuff coming in. If you're doing a membership site, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, you would want to validate if you can get, for example, five paying customers to pay you up front, and then you would put them into, for example, a Facebook group from yeah. there. And then you work with them just in there, uh, and, and that's what they would get access to just to give them something up front. But then you can work with them to build out your membership site from there. And that's cool because they get a say and you get to build it in a way that you don't have to guess works, but you get to hear directly from your customer that it is going to work. And um, so, uh, you know, you'd be able to provide them content, show them pieces and bits and pieces of the membership site while they're in there. Uh, and again, they've paid up front, so they get probably a discount. But more than that, they get to help shape what the course becomes. And if you can't get people to do that, then what's going to make you think that after you build the whole thing out, that you're going to get people to come in? So that that's kind of what the, what the idea here is for that. Thanks again so much to Pat Flynn for coming on the show. Really enjoyed having him. What a cool dude. And actually, when we did that show, I mentioned it back in episode 31 when it came on. Not only was this literally on the day that the book was released, so it's obviously a crazy busy day, but his entire family was ill. So Pat was actually having to take care of all of his family and his kids, and he was making them soup and really looking after them, and he still made time to come on the show. Now, I didn't know that's what the situation was, otherwise I probably would have you know, maybe might have been open to rescheduling, but it just shows what a great guy Pat is. And he very generously gave a lot of his uh, his time and his experience and his input on that episode. So make sure you check that out. And by the way, if you want links to all the episodes that we're covering here on the show, then head over to themembershipguys.com forward slash episode 77. So that's themembershipguys.com forward slash episode 77. We'll have links to all of our top 10 episodes from 2016. So you can click through and listen to those at your leisure. So that was the 10th most listened to episode of 2016. In at number nine was the live Q&A call that I did with my partner in crime, the other half of the membership guys. Yes, she really does exist, Miss Callie Willows. We conducted a special live Q&A on Blab, for those of you who remember Blab in 2016. <laughs> um, and we did this as a way of celebrating hitting our 50th episode of the membership guys podcast so we got on to blab we did a live video q a where basically Callie and i uh, we asked each other a few questions we took some questions from listeners and we even had a, a little guest spot uh, where a friend of ours pascal Vintoni, who's fantastic when it comes to video marketing uh anything to do with using video online he came on the show as well and uh, chipped in a little bit there. But probably my highlight from that episode was where I got a little bit carried away. I engaged in a little bit of a rant about the get-rich-quick approach when it comes to membership sites, and particularly the type of people who exploit this. So there's a little bit of swearing in this one. So those of a sense of disposition, tune out now. But uh, yeah, I think you're going to like it. I think it's worth bearing in mind here that the kind of 
membership sites that we talk about as well they're not the you know you'll get people who talk about set it and forget it membership sites where you just upload some content and you have it on a content drip and people join and you never actually have any interaction with them or do anything with them and they tend to be like the really niche topics where you don't even necessarily have experience in it um that's not the kind of membership sites we we teach or that we we utilize kind of thing we're we're much more fans of kind of actual hands-on membership sites and community membership sites yeah and the thing is you know i always find that kind of thing funny i mean we very much um are not the the set it and forget it um more internet marketing style turnkey how can i do as little as possible and make an absolute killing i mean it's bullshit It, it, it is complete bullshit there is no easy solution there is no easy answer to this so if you've got to work sorry man and if you know i've been doing this stuff for god probably about 15 years if there was a way of just following here are these 10 steps here's my 10 step formula to create a eight figure membership no that's not a formula to create an eight figure membership that's bollocks like I guarantee you that's not a formula to create an eight-figure membership. Otherwise, what you would be doing is sitting at home following that formula yourself over and over and over and over again. Yeah. You wouldn't be selling it for five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. It's it's gibberish, it's rubbish. <laughs> it really, Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, it really, really is. And the problem is people do exist who want those solutions and who are seduced by that. And it's understandable that you'll be seduced by it, particularly, you know, if your expertise and your experience is in music instruction or knitting or any of the other, you know, hobby-based or in business-based areas, and you've not had exposure to these kind of tactics and you have no reason to to doubt it when someone says, listen, there is a secret formula that – that shows you how to do this. And it's the first time you've ever seen anyone use these sleazy tactics, so you don't know how full of shit they actually are. Um, and they present themselves in a good way, and, oh, look, they've got all of their friends saying that they're so amazing and fantastic. You know, it's easy to be seduced, is what I'm saying. And so you have yeah. no reason to think otherwise. And um, you don't know what to look out for, then you can fall foul of it. But this is the thing, if there was a formula, if there was a sequence of 10 steps that will guarantee absolutely anyone with no skills, no knowledge, no experience, just the desire to make a lot of money, if there was a formula to deliver on that, the people who possess that formula would not be selling it for anything. They wouldn't. Anything less yeah. than a if you're if you got the secret source formula that guarantees to make someone a billion dollars, you will not be selling it for any less than a million dollars or any less than you know nine hundred. It's just it, it's it's rubbish, and it does always tickle me in particular. People who are teaching these uh, secret source formulas are about memberships, but they don't run memberships because they don't actually know how to run memberships themselves. And they obviously have no confidence in the membership model. 
they just want to get your money. They want to get your $2,000 for a course and not have to put in the effort to actually be around when you find out that it doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm packing away my soapbox on yeah. that one now because uh, we get we get angry about this stuff because it takes advantage of people. Yeah, and, does. yeah and the amount of members we've had as well where, you know, they've come to us having... Yeah you know, being through that approach where they've been promised the the formula for a six or seven figure membership site and, you know, quickly become disenchanted with it kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's taking money from people. And sometimes, you know, the people who are perhaps more seduced by this stuff are people where there is a level of urgency in their need to make money. And I don't want to use the word desperation because that's unfair, I think. I don't think it's fair to say that people buy these courses because they're desperate, but if someone's coughing up $2,000 for a course on how to uh, make their fortune and make millions with a membership site, chances are that $2,000 might actually be the the last $2,000 they've got. You know, these are people, or could very well be people, and I've seen this happen, people who've been made redundant from their jobs. They have a redundancy package, and they they don't know what to do next. And they can just let that redundancy package run out, paying their household bills or what have you, or they can invest it in something. And once you've kind of, once that seduction for stuff like this kicks in, your brain works very hard or can work very hard to convince you that this is the right path and to justify making this this purchase of a course or what have you. And if you're taking someone's last dollars by selling them this complete pie in the spy, pie in the spy, <laughs> Odd. pie in the sky, hokey bullshit dream that will never be realized because you are selling snake oil, then you are a bad person. All right, hopefully we haven't lost too many of you guys from that little rant there. And that was episode 50 of the Membership Guys podcast, our ninth most listened to episode in 2016. In at number eight, it's episode 44, where it's just me, just little old me, no special guests, talking about how much content is enough for launching your membership site. So this is an area that a lot of people struggle with and we tend to feel like we need to create loads and loads of content before we can open the doors to justify the investment people make in the membership. But nothing could be further from the truth. So in this little clip from that episode, I'm talking about how having a roadmap Having a pathway for your members and segmenting your members is a key part to getting your content plan ready for launch and can actually help you to reduce the amount of content that you need to create up front before you open the doors to your membership. So here's that little clip from episode 44. So to begin with, when it comes to creating content and planning a launch for your membership, you want to start by making sure that you have enough in your membership to at least get those people to the next step along their particular path. And again, those member avatars are so important for figuring this stuff out, especially if you have an audience with different experience levels or an audience where people are typically going to be at different stages of their journey. 
If you can zero in on three to four core groups within your audience, then your starting point for your member content should be centered around providing one thing to each of those groups that addresses their core issue or moves them one step further down the road. So as an example, with the Member Site Academy, we generally have three core groups of members. We have people who are planning a membership, people who are creating, so they're actually in the process of building or putting together all the tech side of their membership, and then people who are trying to grow. So the, those are essentially the three key stages of the, the member journey when it comes to Member Site Academy planners creators and growers so when it came to launching our priority was having something in place for each of those groups that address the strongest and most common problem that they have so for people planning their membership this was actually getting their plan together and figuring out specifics you know these are people who knew they wanted to create a membership they knew they had an interest or a passion or experience in a particular area but maybe they hadn't figured out what that meant in terms of shaping a product coming up with a price giving it a name figuring out how to position and promote it so for our planners putting that plan together actually figuring out what they're offering in terms of specifics that was the most common or the largest problem that needed addressing for people who were creating their membership and they were at a stage where they needed to actually take their plan and turn it into something their most compelling problem was actually determining which technology to use so things like choosing their plugin figuring out which email marketing provider to use and so on and then for people who already had a membership up and running and they were just looking at how to grow it, then again, the most prominent problem that those guys had was figuring out ways to attract new members. So with that in mind, we identified three core courses that we were going to create, one for each of those three core groups. And that was really the basis for what we decided had to be in place for the launch of the membership. So for the planners, we came up with our master plan course, which is all about helping them get their plan and get all the specifics and flesh out their product. For the people in the creating stage, we put together a membership platform course, which was all about the technology, all centered around helping them to choose a plugin, helping them determine the web host to use and get all of their technological ducks in a row. And then for people who already had a membership site and were looking for ways to grow, we came up with a member lifecycle course, which is all about how to attract and keep new members. So for the launch, we actually only created two of those courses, the platform course and the master plan course, because we knew that upon launch, the largest proportion of our audience would be people who didn't yet have their membership site in place. So in terms of our big courses, our kind of flagship courses, we created two out of the three and that was it. And then for the people who were in that third group growing their membership, we knew we had to provide them with something to help them attract members. But the life cycle course we were planning, we knew was going to be a huge one. So we made the decision to leave that until later. And instead we created a bunch of shorter, more specific, more tactical courses on things like email marketing, sales funnels, and Facebook ads. So again, that was addressing that main problem of how to attract new members. Even though people at that stage, you know, it's not just about attracting members, it's about keeping them, engaging with them and all that sort of stuff. For people joining the site, typically, if you're running a membership, one of your main priorities you're going to have is getting new members. So we made sure that for launch, we at least tick that box too. 
So none of that started out as us saying to ourselves, okay, well, how many courses do we need? Or as long as we've got 12 courses, then we're fine. We weren't asking ourselves how much content was enough. It was all about identifying the main, most compelling problem for each of our typical member avatars or archetypes, and then ensuring that we had something in place to provide solutions to those problems. All right, so if you're still building up to the Launch of Your Membership, hopefully that little nugget from episode 44 will have been useful. And of course, head over to themembershipguys.com forward slash episode 77 for a list of all the links to all of the episodes we're covering in today's show. Okay, guys, it's time for the seventh most listened to podcast episode during 2016. And it's little old me again with my episode on how you actually streamline content production. So that's two content-related episodes back-to-back in terms of our seventh and eighth most popular episodes in 2016. So it's great knowing that actually you guys are caring about and paying a lot of attention to your content strategy for your membership. And in this episode, episode 68, so it wasn't too long ago, I was talking about how you streamline it all, how you make it more manageable, not just in a way that works for you, to save your sanity, to make sure that you're not spending every hour under the sun producing content, but also in a way that works better for your members than simply churning out course after course, tutorial after tutorial, content after content. So in this little clip from that episode, episode 68, I'm talking about the risks that come with just creating content for the sake of creating content. It's easy to get sucked into the trap of playing the numbers game when it comes to content, where you're simply churning out courses and tutorials and training references and all that sort of stuff just so you can say we have the biggest library of content in this market also you can put something that is a vanity metric about how much content you've got on your sales page that's not what people join for sometimes they may be seduced by that kind of stuff but ultimately when they're looking to you to provide value just having more content than anyone else isn't going to do it. You also need to make sure that you're avoiding the risk of overwhelming your members. And that can happen when you have too much content, particularly if it's unorganized, particularly if you're not doing anything to actually show people which content to consume first and how to utilize your content to make progress along a proven pathway towards the end result that they want. Focus on providing solutions to problems. If you can solve a problem or get a result for someone in one 10 minute long lesson, then you're serving nobody by trying to find ways of dragging that out over a two or three hour long course purely to satisfy the numbers game. Okay, now in at number six out of our top 10 highest downloaded podcast episodes in 2016... It's that girl, Callie Willows, once again. See, she has been loading it over me this year. All right. Any long-time listeners of the Membership Guys podcast will know that we had a little bit of a running joke around the fact that despite the fact this is the Membership Guys, plural, podcast, we are the Membership Guys, you only ever heard from me. So it became a little bit of a running joke, the fact that Callie never appeared on the podcast. And it wasn't until episode 50, which we heard a little clip from earlier on in the show, that Callie made her first appearance. And so the fact that not only is that one of our top 10 most downloaded episodes, but also her second appearance on the show, which was in episode 60, is also in that top 10 list. So uh, yeah, Callie is petitioning now for her own podcast or 
maybe even to take over as the host of this show. It ain't going to happen, but we'll no doubt have Kali back on the show in 2017. So, our sixth highest downloaded episode of 2016, episode 60, and that was the 12-month review of Member Site Academy that we conducted on our one-year anniversary of opening the doors of the Academy. And this little clip, we're talking about the things that surprised us in the first year of Run the Academy. Obviously, we do this stuff for a living. We've been surrounded by the world of membership sites for the better part of a decade, but obviously things are always different when you're in the driving seat, when you're running a membership of our own. One of the things we talked about in our 12-month review were the things that we had been a little bit surprised by, that had been pleasant surprises, that had maybe taken us um, unaware. So check out this clip for one of those things that did actually surprise us during our first year of Run the Academy. Switching to kind of a, a different theme in terms of the stuff that surprised me, me uh, the main thing is actually the impact of how accessible we make ourselves so we knew from day one that we wanted to be perhaps a little more accessible than most people are within their membership first of all there's there's two of us we come at things from different angles we have different skill sets different experiences so we wanted to avoid that situation that you sometimes see where there's two or three individuals involved in a membership, but you only ever see one of them. We want to avoid that. We want to make sure we were both accessible and um, knowing the challenges and knowing the problems that our members had, we felt that that was very important for us to actually show up and be a part of our community. It, it does always make me laugh when you get those memberships that are based around a particular person's expertise or authority and they just don't show up. They don't want to take part in their own membership. And, you know, if you don't want to be a part of your own membership, why the hell should anybody else? So we wanted to be accessible. We wanted to be present. We wanted to follow what I consider rule number one of a membership, show up and give a shit. We wanted to make sure we were there for our members. And we kind of prepared ourselves for that dominating a large part of our day-to-day. And we get so many comments from our community and from our members about how accessible we are. And you know, I think it almost intimidates people to a degree because they're worried that logistically they just can't be that accessible. But I actually think we possibly get a little more credit <laughs> than, than is deserved because while we are accessible like a lot, we're not chained to our desks answering emails and messages. Yeah, I, I don't feel it like It doesn't it's... really have an impact, does it? No, I don't. I think, you know, I, I love jumping into the forum. I love answering people's questions. I love responding quickly to people and getting to know our members. But I, I definitely don't feel like it's a chore or something where I'm feeling like I need to be at my computer all the time and checking my emails all the time. No, and, you know, we'll we'll... Obviously, we've got various different channels for members to communicate with us as well as our forum and we have our facebook group but it just kind of slots in around the day you know often we'll be kicking back watching a movie or watching a tv series uh on in an evening and i'll check my phone see that we've had a message through our uh through intercom which is our in-app messaging thing and i'll just tap out reply hit reply and go back to watching the movie without giving it a second thought so to us actually being accessible isn't really taken at all but to our members they're kind of getting that feeling that we're on it and we're ever present whenever they need us with a quick reply and a personal reply to them but for us it's so low impact that we do have to chuckle anytime you know somebody says to us how are you guys around so much how are you guys so accessible 
So we just totally embraced it as part of our lives and it doesn't actually even feel like work um, or it doesn't feel like it makes any impact on us whatsoever when we get messages popping up from our members. Yeah, and it probably helps that we are complete geeks. Yeah. So so we usually are, you know... We're online anyway, yeah, aren't we? so we're usually online anyway. We're both used to being part of online communities, although I do have to say that it's actually surprised me how much I love getting to know our members yeah. and, and actually how I, I actually miss it when I'm away from the community That's a few them. hours and I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, because <laughs> we're, we're part of their journeys and, you know, we have a, a vested interest in how they're doing and we form an attachment to to them on a personal level, to actually watching them succeed. So when they're getting wins, we feel that as well. And that might sound a little contrived or might sound a little cheesy, but honestly, some of the best highlights, the biggest highlights of running Membersite Academy has been seeing what other people are doing. It has been watching their journeys and seeing people overcoming challenges and knowing that we're just a little part of that. Okay, it's now time to reveal the fifth highest downloaded episode of 2016 for the Membership Guys podcast. And it is episode number 69, The Ugly Side of Running a Membership. I can't express just how peed off I was when I sat down to record this episode. If you've heard this episode before, then you'll have an understanding why. But this was basically inspired by us dealing with two situations where people had ripped off our content. So, you know, it's going to happen. Anytime you put something out online, it's something you need to be prepared for. But we'd had two sort of similar, but in many ways, very different instances in a short space of time of people blatantly copying us and not just in a small way but brazenly ripping us off and that coupled with a few other things uh, that we dealt with and also that people in our community had talked to us about really inspired me to put together an episode about the darker side of running a membership the ugly side of running a membership what kind of situations you need to prepare yourself for and how to deal with them if they come up so in this clip i'm talking specifically about the mindset and also the practical approach to dealing with people ripping you off as a membership site owner Listen, anytime you put something out publicly, there's a risk of it being copied. And copying and plagiarism isn't just as straightforward as somebody copying and pasting everything that you've created. It extends to concepts, it extends to ideas. And while putting your stuff behind a paywall as part of a paid membership certainly does reduce the risk or reduce the exposure you have to people copying you in this way. It is so important that you stay vigilant, you stay on the case in looking out for people who are crossing the line. You can accept that people are going to take inspiration. You might even take that as a compliment that something you've done has inspired somebody to go away and create something of their own. But it's important to stay vigilant against people who cross that line between being inspired and outright copying and stealing your content, your concepts, your ideas, and so on. I still like to see the best in people and I always kind of try to assume a level of innocence that perhaps people didn't realize that they are crossing the line I think in the first instance that I talked about there was perhaps a degree of that in the second instance judging by the behavior of this individual both before and after we made them aware that we knew what they were up to then it's harder to assume that this was simply an innocent mistake but if you have something like this come up for yourself you can almost take solace in this universal truth lazy never lasts lazy 
never lasts. If somebody's too lazy to come up with their own ideas, too lazy to be original or creative, then they're too lazy to actually achieve anything, no matter how much they try to steal from you. Now, these people don't understand that it's not the blog posts that make you successful, that it's not the features you have in your membership, the courses that you have, your sales page content. Those individual ingredients aren't what make you successful. What makes you successful is your ability to use them, to leverage them, to create something special and unique and inherently you from those individual aspects, those individual elements. So simply taking and copying all of the stuff without really capturing the essence of what makes your business what it is, what makes your membership what it is, what forms the connections between you and your members. That's why they'll never get anywhere just by stealing your stuff. Somebody who can barely manage beans on toast isn't going to become a Michelin star chef just because they take exactly the same ingredients and follow the same recipes as the likes of Gordon Ramsay and people like that. So you need to take solace in the fact that lazy never lasts, that the fact that they're stealing from you is a good sign that they're not going to know how to actually tie all that stuff together and how to actually use all that stuff. And it's down to you to continue striving to beat them by being better. Man, spitting that hot fire right there. Jeez, I've got myself all riled up just hearing that back. Whew. Moving on, before I kick off onto another rant, <laughs> before I kick off another rant, quickly on to the fourth most popular podcast episode of 2016 here for the membership guys. And it's my interview with Jill Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5 all the way back in episode 36. Jill joined us to talk about, amongst other things, how to make the best use of Facebook groups as part of your membership marketing strategy. And in this clip from that episode, Jill specifically talking about how you increase engagement in a Facebook group, especially in those early days when it seems like nobody is willing to actually jump in and talk to each other, start conversations and engage in your group. I heavily rely on theme days. So mm. I know not everyone is a fan of them, but for me, they've worked really well. And I find that they really help to spur the conversation and engagement. But I understand that in the beginning, it can kind of feel like crickets, you know? Yeah. So when I was first starting out, I would just kick all the conversations off myself. Like I would answer my own questions. <laughs> so I would just sit there and talk to myself. If if it was freaking necessary, that's what I'm going to do because I wanted people to feel... I just wanted them to feel safe to share yeah, exactly what yeah. they were thinking, you know? And if it takes me putting myself out there first for them to realize, oh, okay, cool. I'm not going to be made fun of or no one's going to say anything mean or anything like that because it is the internet and there's a whole lot of trolls. If you can remove that sense of um, anxiety or that fear for people, they want to connect. Yeah. They want that. You that's know why, what I mean? That's why the you just have to, Yeah. You just have to figure out how to bring that out in them. It takes time. This is my biggest pet peeve when people are like, well, I have my Facebook group for a week and no one's doing anything. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello? Relationships take time. It's not just one week and then I'm giving up. Yeah. You know what I mean? That stuff takes months. My group wasn't what it is now. This Well, no, I didn't have it this time last year. But even like in May last year or June or July or August, it was never as active as it is now. That comes with time, with commitment, with consistency, and with numbers. 
So don't get all nervous or thinking you're doing something wrong if people aren't really responding straight away. Yeah. My hack, like I said, is just to put yourself out there first. Answer your own question or share your own story or share behind the scenes or share a photo or a selfie or you know whatever you can to make them realize, oh, she wants me or he wants me to participate and I can share my, st- my story and no one's going to make fun of me or no one's going to tell me I'm wrong or whatever it is. It's really just showing up. Seriously, yeah. showing up and being real. I loved having Jill on the show, although I did have to edit out quite a lot of swearing on both of our parts. We left some of it in, so if you do head back to listen to that full episode, and I recommend you do because it's a great episode, just be prepared for a lot more F-bombs, S-bombs, and however many other foul language bombs we left in that episode. A lot more than you'd be used to. Probably more swearing in that episode than in the entirety of the back catalog of the membership guys podcast we don't often have to tick the explicit content box when we publish but that was the first thing we had to do on that episode with jill it's a very useful very entertaining uh, very enjoyable episode to record and uh yeah we've had a lot of great feedback hence why it's the fourth highest downloaded episode from the membership guys podcast in 2016 and again remember if you want the links to any of these episodes head to the membership guys.com slash episode seven seven so that's the numbers seven episode 77 and beneath the player and beneath the blurb there'll be links to all of these 10 episodes that we're talking about in today's show all right so we're into the top three now third most popular episode of the membership guys podcast this year is a fantastic interview that i did with robbie kelman baxter all the way back at the start of the year episode 26 robbie is the author of of one of the most important books about the membership model it is of course the membership economy if you've not read it get that taken care of buy it now read it it is essential for anybody who is either running a membership or is planning to run one and in this snippet from what was a value-packed and very insightful episode robbie's talking about the secret to member retention so the first secret to retention is make sure that your product retains so the question I always ask is, if you have the perfect customer that's exactly your target audience and they completely understand everything that you have to offer, are they going to stay for a long time? Right. And if the answer is no, then fix your product. Yeah. And then if the answer is yes, then you work backwards and you say, okay, so I have the perfect product. I know with confidence that if a person looks like this and they join and they understand the value, they're going to stay. So now I have to make sure that when they join, they understand the value. So that has to do with your onboarding process. So you're kind of working your way backwards, mm. right? So you start by spending time on the, the kind of product market fit. Then you take a step backwards and you say, okay, how do I onboard them so that they understand all the value they can get? Because sometimes you have like a, a member who doesn't even realize all the value that's available to them. And yeah. as a result, they cancel without, they go, oh, if I'd known that I could get that, I, I would have stayed. I just didn't realize And then you go backwards and you say, okay, so now I know that once they join, they're going to see what's available to them and they're going to stay. So then you say, okay, how do I attract more of those people? And that's when you start to work on the, you know, the awareness and trial. Um, But you want to start at the, at the back end of the funnel. The other thing that you want to do is make sure that you're not confusing inertia with loyalty. So I have clients all the time that say, Oh, yeah, our clients are so loyal. They've been around for 30 years. These are like professional societies and things. And I'm like, are they loyal? 
or have they just forgotten that they give you a hundred bucks every year? Yeah, yeah. And inertia, especially in your world, in the kind of online world, it's really easy to see if people aren't coming to your site. And what you need to do is if somebody isn't exhibiting the behaviors that will demonstrate that they're getting value, you need to intervene. Yeah. So the, one example is it's a gym, like a, like a health club. Um, and I have a friend who told me the story about how he had a family membership at this very posh gym near, near our house. Um, his office was in the same complex as the, the gym and his family, you know, he lived less than a mile away. So he had this family membership. Yeah. And then what happened was his family moved. So his wife and kids stopped going. And he still went because he, his office was still right there. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, gosh, they could have told because you have to check in with, a, with like an electronic card every time you go and they check how many people. And he said, they should have noticed that my wife wasn't checking in. She used to check in three or four times a week and now she was checking in zero times a week. Right. They should have called. And it doesn't have to be high tech. They could have just picked up the phone and said, hey, we noticed that you're still coming, but your wife's not coming. What's up? So they didn't call. And then a few months went by. And then what ended up happening, his wife found another club and he started going to that club with her on, on weekends and on Fridays and he stopped going to the club. So you could see this slow path toward yeah. everybody leaving the club. And then at the end of six months, he canceled, right. right? And they called him and they said, how do we keep you? And he's like, it's too late. <laughs> what they should have done is the minute that his wife stopped coming that they noticed, they should have called and said, what's going on? Yeah. And he would say that. And they'd say, okay, great. Why don't we downgrade you to a solo membership? You can save $100 a month. He might have stayed. Absolutely. Right? But he was, paying, he was paying $250 a month for his family membership. And if they'd done that, they and, would have scored quite, quite high in terms of goodwill as well. Because you don't, I absolutely. think, you don't expect companies to, to say, we notice you're not using us as much. So let's bump you down a level. Exactly. So, you know, so that's, and, and if you bring that to like the online model, you can see if people are visiting, you know, gosh, if someone's visiting once a week and then you don't see them, hmm. you know, even, you know, you don't even have to be electronic about it. You can pull a spread, you know, you can pull your data out and put it in a spreadsheet and just run your finger down the list and say, okay, <laughs> these people, their numbers have declined month over month. I'm going to pick up my phone, that, that old fashioned tool, and I'm going to call them. Or you can be cool and technology savvy and have it automated and electronic. But the, the point is you want to, you want to talk to them before they cancel. Like yeah. so much effort is focused on like what to do when someone calls to cancel or when they hit the cancel button. There's this whole strategy of retention by hiding the cancel button. Yes. Yes. Just again, unethical. I love that interview with Robbie Baxter. I definitely recommend you check that out and make sure if you haven't already to read the membership economy. All right, we're moving closer to this coveted top spot here. Falling short of claiming that crown as the Membership Guys podcast's most listened to episode of 2016, but still coming in at an extremely respectable number two... It's my interview with Amy Porterfield. That's episode 58, where I had the opportunity to talk to Amy Porterfield about using webinars to market your membership. Now, I love Amy. I'm a huge fan of everything Amy does, especially her podcast, which I still hold up there, particularly in the online marketing space, as an example of quite possibly the best 
podcast that there is. Her episodes are so actionable, so value-packed. They really are the benchmark as far as I'm concerned. So it was a great pleasure to speak to Amy. She gave a lot of value bombs, a lot of nuggets, a lot of golden wisdom. So check that episode out. Right now, we've got a little clip from that show in which Amy's talking about why webinars are so impactful and so effective. I'll share with you a little bit about why I feel that webinars are so effective for my business. And some people I think can kind of relate to some of this. The first thing is that I really do believe that when people want to buy from you, they really want to first have that connection with you. They want to hear your voice. They maybe even want to see you on a webinar, but you don't have to do that. We'll get into that later. And they want to learn from you and know that they can know, like, and trust you marketing 101 kind of stuff. And with webinars, you really do get this huge opportunity to first give, give, give. You teach something incredibly valuable, whether they buy from you or not on a webinar, they can walk away feeling like they've now been educated. They have a better understanding of whatever it is that you're teaching them. And they build a relationship with you because of that connection where you're teaching them, you're engaging with them. They get to ask you questions live on a webinar And it's a platform that you just really don't get that opportunity anywhere else, I believe. And so the whole idea of teaching first and then going for the sale, all happening at one time within, let's say, an hour or 90 minutes, it's a really unique, cool way to sell your programs, products, or services. And so for me, that's why webinars are so valuable. Now, if you're kind of wondering, well, are webinars really for me? It comes down to if you can feel comfortable teaching, let's say just people hearing your audio and seeing your slide deck. And if you're comfortable delivering content in that way, sometimes people will throw on a video camera and they can see you. I actually don't even do that. It's all audio and slide decks, but also you want to be comfortable with selling as well in real time because most webinars are live and you can do them automated. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but you have to be comfortable with the selling. Here's the thing though. No one's ever really comfortable with webinars until you do a few of them. It's just like anything in business. So it's okay if you're not good in the beginning. This is something you can definitely teach yourself to get really good at. Thanks once again to Amy for coming on the show. And I'm very, very proud to say that I'll actually be having the opportunity to share the stage with Amy Portfield next March at Social Media Marketing World, where we'll both be appearing on a panel to talk about how to use podcasting as a business marketing tool. It is such an honor, such a privilege to uh, have that opportunity to do that. And hopefully I'll get the chance to meet some of you guys who are listening, some of you who are in our Facebook group, our membership over in San Diego for Social Media Marketing World. If you are going to be there, please let me know. Tweet me at membership, guys. Let me know you're going to be there. We are for sure going to be having member meetups and I'm really, really hoping to get the chance to connect with a lot of you guys. So I do hope that we'll see you there and that you'll come along to the session with Amy and my self all right guys so this is it number one with a bullet the most popular most downloaded episode of the membership guys podcast that number one spot goes to mr colin gray from the podcast host who recently joined me for episode 64 in which we talked about how to create highly effective educational content now this is a big deal for me 
actually. I love the fact that Colin comes in at number one. Now, Colin really knows his stuff. He's actually a doctor in online education, and that's not a doctor in the same way that Dr. Pepper or Dr. Phil are doctors. This is a full legitimate doctor in online education. So it was a great opportunity to get Colin on the podcast. And Colin's whole business is actually around podcasting as well. But we talked more about the content side of things in terms of creating courses, creating other kinds of educational content for a membership site. So not only was it a great episode and very deserving of that number one spot, I do love the fact that, you know, over the past year or so on the Membership Guys podcast, I've had the likes of Amy Porterfield, who we heard there in the number two slot of our most downloaded episode, but Amy Porterfield, Robbie Baxter, the likes of Jill Stanton, Pat Flynn, Chris Ducker, Jim Schramko, John Lee Dumas, Amy Schmidtauer, a smorgasbord a who's who of people in the online business space and while Colin is certainly someone I consider a rising star he recently spoke on stage at ProBlogger down in Australia uh, he's spoken at the Content Marketing Academy in Edinburgh New Media Europe he knows his stuff and he's become a good friend I'm sure he'll not take it as an insult for me to say that the fact he has beaten Amy Portfield, John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, Chris Stucker and all of those for downloads on the show is pretty damn cool. Especially when that was actually episode 64. So that was just 11 episodes ago. So some of these guys, some of those bigger names, have had a lot longer to get their download counts up. So hats off to Colin. Great interview. Really useful one if you haven't listened to it. In this clip from that interview, Colin's talking about the quick wins and small adjustments that you can make to your membership content that will make it far more effective and far more useful for your members. So another mistake I think that a lot of people make is assuming that video is always best mm. because it's it's seen as the high quality, you know, the, if you want a really professional course, you have to make it a video and, and people often just end up, you know, spending two or three days recording a bunch of video. And that's great. Like video does work really well in certain circumstances, but it is not always the best solution. Mm. Sometimes actually... Well, I mean, the, the main problem that video has is that it's a, it's a full attention medium. So people have to sit down, they have to concentrate on this video, um, and therefore you struggle to get people to, to watch a video for more than, you know, five, ten minutes at a time. It's quite often they'll get distracted. So when you've got a course, which is, you know, two hours worth of video, the completion rate on that type of course is just horrible. It's just really, really low because people rarely actually watch through the whole series. Whereas if you think about your course, break it down into those segments, use video for bits that really need the visual elements, but then actually create some audio accompaniments as well. So you maybe have some longer lessons, which are in audio, then they can be listened to out and about. So you allow people to uh, to download them or you have, you know, some kind of a feed that they can subscribe to into their podcasting apps, that type of thing. Then that's great because then they can go out, they can listen to it in the car when they're walking the dog, you know, they're doing all sort of um, washing the dishes, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then you get that attention and people can actually consume longer material over, uh, you know, sort of in the context that suits them, basically. Um and then add to that as well text, like the much maligned word on paper, or well, screen, I suppose. Um, like, that's a, it's difficult, actually, because if you had somebody that signed up for a course, they paid £200 for a course, and they just saw it was just pages and pages of text, then they'd probably feel pretty gypped. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but 
in a lot of cases, in most cases, text is actually more effective than video or audio because people can consume it in their own way. Video and audio, the, the, the disadvantage of both of them together is that it's, it's paced. So you, people have to consume it at the pace that somebody delivers the video, delivers yeah, the audio. Yeah. It's very hard to skim through, to go back and find a bit that you just, you know, two minutes ago that you went over. Um, whereas with text, you know, you can just, your eyes can run over the page. You can find the bits that are relevant to you. You can skip over bits really easily that you already know. You can go back and revise bits that, you know, you didn't quite understand. Text is a really flexible medium for learning. And it's why, you know, there's tons of, <laughs> I mean, that's what, what most of the learning materials you find in universities are these yeah, days. So, so a quick win for me is actually to go back through, look at your course and see, start to think more smartly about the mediums. Think, uh, I've got a video here, but actually, could I create a, maybe a bit of a longer audio that supports that, that people can listen to it and about? Could I create some text that actually gives a summary of that, that people can go back and revise after they've you know deep learned in the video? That's one of the big things for me, because people tend to just pick a medium and stick to it yeah. and not bring the variety in. So well done to Colin for grabbing that number one spot, that coveted number one spot, <laughs> as if anybody cares. Uh, still, I like to, it's Christmas, I get to convince myself that this is an important thing and that, you know, he's going to put a little badge on his website. I will be creating a certificate for you in Microsoft Publisher at some point in the future, probably, possibly maybe um thanks so much to everybody who came onto the show as a guest not only on those episodes which have been our top 10 most downloaded in 2016 but to the ones that didn't quite make it into that top 10 but were still extremely great episodes you can catch all of this stuff over at the membershipguys.com forward slash podcast and remember if you want the direct links to the 10 episodes we've covered in today's show go to the membershipguys.com forward slash episode 7 seven thank you guys so much for um persisting <laughs> with me in the show i hope you've enjoyed it it's something a little different for the membership guys podcast i've enjoyed putting it together and i've enjoyed listening back through some of those episodes it's often quite easy when you're creating a weekly podcast to not go back and listen through to the stuff you've created to just constantly be looking forward so uh the opportunity to go back and listen to some of the best episodes that we've had here over the past year has been great as always, as ever, I would love to hear from you guys about what you thought. If you're not already in our free Facebook group for membership site owners, get over there right now, talkmemberships.com. Hit that address in your uh, browser. That will redirect you through to the Facebook group that we have there. We've got around 3,000, hopefully by the time this goes out, over 3,000 membership site owners. Free to join, and obviously it's a great place to ask questions and, of course, to let me know what you thought of this week's episode. I'll be back again in the new year with another brand new episode of the membership guys podcast it's back to business as usual in the new year and again i'm doing something a little bit different you may be expecting a motivational or an inspirational episode uh, to kick off the new year to fire you up to inspire you to create a membership of your own yeah i'm not really doing that i'm doing something kind of the opposite of that Make sure you tune in next week to find out what that is. But for now, I'm going to say thanks again for tuning in. Hope you've had an awesome holiday. Hope you continue to have a great holiday and a great new year. And I'll be back again in 2017 with another episode of the Membership Guys podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. 
The Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.